Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. My name is Killing Bird, and I am here filling in for our very good friend Clayton Fletcher. He is uh, Christmas shopping for all of the listeners. I don't know where he is, actually, but he's not here. <laughs> but I am, and I am joined by my uh, very good friend, AZN All in 007. What's up, Marcus? Not much, but it's been a long time since we potted out, so pretty excited. Yeah, this should be a good time. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, especially since you know we're coming up on the end of the year here, so it's a good time to kind of reflect on what 2019 was from a poker standpoint and uh, talk a little bit about what we're hoping for for 2020. So uh, yeah, what's been happening? How's uh, how's the grizzined? The grid, I played a couple times live, which has been fun, but it's it's NFL season, so you know I, I do daily fantasy, so during NFL, it's way less poker than I'd like. Plus, as you know, we've done the weight loss bet, and I've done like two, well, I've done like five more bets, but one period. So I've done two in full, first one with you, uh, one of my cousins, Dip Throng, which you failed. Why don't you tell everyone how you bought out? Miserably. <laughs> I could have made it too. I don't remember why exactly I ended up buying out. No, you, it was you had you could have made it. You had like a month to do nine pounds, and I and I I gave you a pretty fair buyout. Like, yeah, it was very reasonable. Um, I ended up doing one right after for another fifteen. And honestly, bro, it's been so hard. I'm like a pound and a half away, and I have to do it by the twenty uh, by Christmas Eve, which is uh, what twelve days away. Yeah, so it's been kind of brutal. <laughs> and that's almost kind of uh, worse too, because like you have to maintain it. So it's like, I mean, you could probably get there within a few days, but then you have to like hold on. No, for like nine we do days. it. We do it the way we do it, like how you and I did. It. If you hit, you just send, uh, you send gotcha. that you hit, and then you can splurge. Because like, dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've seen this fucking pizza hut commercial with like um it's like these garlic knot crust oh i've seen that it looks amazing dude i get like a boner every time i see it i haven't had pizza in like seven months so (laughs) i'm literally gonna make love to that pizza when i get it the first thing i'm doing is making love to that pizza like phone off candles lit me and that pizza (laughs) and then i'm hitting taco bell like i've already planned all this shit like (laughs) i'm getting pizza taco bell like pasta too like i'm going to destroy pasta but yeah so i'm going to continue that going into the new year and uh yeah i'm I'm pumped about that losing a lot of weight so that's good nice. but one thing i wanted to t- talk about was poker goals because i think most poker players set a goal where oh i want to profit sixty thousand this year seventy thousand and i don't think that's the worst but i think a much better goal and I've said this before on this podcast years ago volume goals are the way to go mm-hmm. you want to set like so l- what I would do to the nation out there I would look at your database 
Or just think in your head how many tournaments you played, like average per week, figure out how many per year, and just up that because if you set a volume goal and you're a winning poker player, you're going to make more money. That's just how it works. Your ROI is 50%, 30%, whatever it may be. Shoot, 20% is probably really good right now. Set that goal for like a couple hundred more tournaments and it forces you to play you hold yourself accountable that's the beauty of what we did with the weight loss bets like it's not even the money it's just i, I don't want to lose right the right. money helps because if there's no money on it i'm not going to do it but all it took was putting a bet down and yeah i've i you know i'm i hit my goals you were close to hitting your goals i mean you're different because you work at a brewery you have to go out a lot i can just stay at home wake up get on the bike work cook well and i'm done like no wife no kid <laughs> I'm <Right>. good. like <laughs> i can be like a hermit uh so yeah i mean whether the nation needs to bet their friends i mean if you have poker buddies just bet them set a goal and be like okay let's do this if we both hit it nobody pays and yeah i think that's the best way to get better to make more money and you don't want to stress about profit because i did that with uh when i that's in four in 2014 god it's a long time ago with the shark scope leaderboard like i was just obsessed with being atop that and i should have just set a volume goal because i would have made more money yeah um especially because then if you're running poorly or whatever like halfway through the year you're just gonna start like playing poorly because you're chasing the wrong number you know ex excellent point you're gonna be like up twenty thousand maybe halfway through the year needing sixty thousand you're going to think playing higher is a good way to get that goal done. You're going to start playing worse, as you said. So, yeah, just set the volume goal, and you can deal with the swings way easier. Like, you're just like, okay, i got to play 2,000 tournaments, 4,000 tournaments this year, whatever it is. You're not going to be stressing as much when you're on these downswings, and you're going to be able to play your A game as, you know, as much as you can. Yeah. One of the things in my career where I took, a, like, a turn for the, the better was... I played my A game, even my B-plus game, way more often than I ever played my D game. When you're playing your D game, you're just shit. Your C game, you're, you're trash. You're burning money. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, any way we can avoid doing that? And I'm telling you, most people, it's always the profit goal. Like, oh, I want to make X amount of dollars this year. And it sucks. Like, I don't believe that we need to do it in January. Like, it should just be you could do it in mid in june and just set it for like six months whatever it doesn't matter um but we're humans and like new years and i, I kind of liked always doing it january just because of the tax season right but yeah i mean times are you know times meaningless you you know what's what's january 1st versus april 1st yeah you could probably even do it like monthly if you wanted like just say okay january i'm gonna play x number of tournaments and then you can always reevaluate that if you find that you set it too low or too high. Although, I don't know, maybe that's too easy of an out. No, I think that's good as long as you're setting a goal every month um, for just X amount of tournaments or sit and goes or whatever, hands of cash. I, I just think these profit goals end up hurting the player. Yeah, they're like a trap. Yeah, they really are. The other thing I would say, too, in terms of setting some, some year... Well, I was going to say year-end, but I guess beginning-of-year goals... Um, is just setting an amount of study time, or oh, for yeah, some, or for some people like mental health time too. Like, 
you know, going well, weight, back to weight loss stuff, all, all that stuff is going to help you with poker, whether it's like if you're not exercising right now and you're playing four to five days a week, traveling a lot, like your goal should be to eat healthy, exercise at least three times a week for 40 minutes and put in like six hours of study. Yeah. Like that would even be better than the volume goal. Like if you can combine them all – you're just going to be a better player. You're going to feel better. You're going to make more money, play your A game more. I mean, this is all good stuff. Yeah, and that, and that stuff's a little easier to control for somebody like me, too. Like, volume goals are tough for me because I could find out tomorrow that I have to travel to, like, you know, I don't know, Colorado for some beer stuff or whatever for a week, and it just throws off a whole month, you know? But on, on that trip, I can still read, study, you know, go over hands in the forum, go for a walk in the morning. I can still do all that even on the road, so. Chirp, I, I think uh, we need to put a little bet here starting oh. January 1st. Oh, no. A volume goal? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, I think we should do weight loss. The problem is I'm pretty close to where I want to be now. Are you? Oh, yeah. Well, then you're good. I'm still fat as shit, so. Because I'm, I'm lower than I was when I bought out of the weight loss bet. So I'd probably only really want to lose, like, you know, like, Five to ten, maybe. Well, what you and I can do, we can do like an exercise bet for I, you. Yeah, I am in the middle of one of those right now, sort of. I have to, I have to, go, I have to walk or run a hundred miles in December. See, that's that, that's amazing. That's that's awesome. That's a good bet. Like what Dipthrong and I do is he has to be uh, Mark Herm on Twitter. Dipthrong, he's a uh, cutting. He's body fat percentage. Oh, I've seen him tweeting about that. Yeah, and he and so ours was he had to work out X amount of times. We've done uh, no porn bets, <laughs> no <laughs> masturbation bets. I'm <laughs> out. <laughs> Dude, the porn one was good. I actually was like leaving my house <laughs> um, to go to the strip club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, like Tinder dates and shit. <laughs> but still, it was good. Um, and then we did. Uh, what was it? Oh, we did meditation. We did meditation, weight loss, all these bet, and like you just don't want to lose. And I, I, I try to put like an amount of money where I care because right. I need that. Some people don't. Some people can just do it, like wake up and work out. I'm gonna lose 20 pounds in three months. Uh, not me. I wouldn't do it. 100. Yeah. percent It's and then like looking back, it's not even about the money. It's just like I don't want to lose the bet. Right. Right. Yeah, I have to decide what I want to do because I. I lost the majority of the weight I lost on keto, and then I went off of keto, and it's just been like a struggle. Like, now it's like, you know, it used to be like, keto, you lose like a pound a day or something. It's ridiculous. And now I'm losing like 0.2 pounds every four days or something. It's just like, it's like such a long grind. Yeah, but we grind. could do like workout where you have to go to the gym three times a week, and I have to lose 20, I have to lose 20 pounds in six months. And you have to go to the gym three days a week for six months. Like, that would be dreamy. Yeah, I, I have been going to the gym, and I've been going probably three to four days a week, so that might not or be four, Yeah, 40 minutes of exercise could be it, where you go to the gym once or twice a week, and then uh, 40 minutes of exercise. It's just yeah. going to help with everything. Poker, life, great. Especially at our age, our advanced age. It's time to start getting in some kind of shape. We're getting old, Sharp. You, you playing any uh, live poker coming up or anything? Any series coming up? So I thought about going to Cherokee, which just went by uh, the WSOP circuit stop, but it's right around Thanksgiving, and it's just like a tough time because you're like traveling to see family and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. Like I think 
I, well, I'm going to Atlantic City for the Super Bowl, so I always play some live poker then. But it's more of like what casino? Um, we usually play at Borgata, and we usually stay at this timeshare that my buddy has. But this year, I think we're staying at Harrah's or Caesars or whatever's there. But yeah, you, we usually end up playing like two or three birds at Borgata just because they run good, good tournaments and good structures and all that stuff. So that'll probably be my next live poker until, honestly, until probably the World Series. Uh, which, by the way, they announced the dates for the World Series uh, like two days ago. So I, I wonder if they're going to do the main on the 4th again. Yeah, that'll be interesting, because I don't think they announced the dates for any s- specific events. I think they literally just said, from this day to this day. I need to figure out that, too, what we all do, I guess. Travel plans, when we're going, for what. I'm not really sure what I want to do this year. When's it? When the TPE party is? Yeah, that's the most important thing, obviously. But yeah, other than that, I just haven't really played. It's so hard, because there's... I mean, I feel like if... Well, I was going to say I feel like if I had a casino closer, I would play more. But as I've mentioned on the podcast with Clayton in the past, I lived in Vegas for nine months and played like three live tournaments. So <laughs> maybe maybe I wouldn't really play that much if I had a casino closer. I, mean, I just enjoy online so much more when I play. Like, I want to play more tables, see more hands. Live's okay. Like, live at the series I always enjoy. But I've never been like, oh, I'm going to travel to World... I mean, I did play World Series Europe once. Uh, which was fun, but I was already out there for something else, so, in France. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, winning winning satellites is cool, like, you've gone to Punta Can, I went to Uruguay, stuff like that's cool, but as far, there's a ton of live birds in the Bay Area, tons. Yeah, I, and, just, need, uh, I just need to make another trip out there, we should actually play some poker. <laughs> it's too hard, I never see you, I just want to <laughs> party. Must go to breweries. Yeah, right? Oh, God. So yeah, I mean, I, online is just it's just load up eight tournaments, see you later. Yeah, and I you know I have the Twitch thing, so that kind of helps keep me motivated to play and stuff. Uh, I think if I didn't have that, I would play a lot less. Although I'd probably play better if I didn't have that, <laughs> maybe. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I never thought I'd become like an online grinder, but I guess I just did on accident. Well, yeah, Twitch can be good and bad. The Twitch is good because. You're way less likely to punt off. But then, like, you also may be way less likely to bluff because you don't want to look like an adult when you, like, bluff off your stack. Yeah. I don't know. Or make, like, a fin call or something. I certainly couldn't do it because I would just end up tooling out and, like, turning off the stream. (laughs) Even though I've gotten a lot better. Do you... Can you tilt in DFS? Like, like... can, yeah, I, like, how I do mean, you punt? I, I mean, I tilt, but you could punt by playing higher. Ah, uh, yeah, that would make uh, sense. But I don't do that. I, I mean, I didn't do that. I never did that in poker either. I would just punt stacks. I'm, I mean, early in my career, I would sit like five. I would sit like 1K up to 5K head up sometimes. I remember I used to play Olivier Bousquier head up on full tilt when I tilted. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> dude does this for a fucking living. And I'm like... I would, like, lose, like, $700 in Dons after, like, a 10-hour session and just tool out. It was probably when I was getting cheated. Um, shout out to PokerStars at the time who refunded a lot of us, which was great. But, yeah, I would, like, I was just running bad, and I would just tool out and, like, waste months' worth of work playing Olivier Bousquier head up. Not smart. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go punt against the best heads-up player on the planet. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't even see who it was. I would just sit. and like, I would just, like, sit like a guy sitting and, like, was just a fucking idiot. And I would lose a lot. And I used to play a lot of times when I would come home drunk. Oh, uh, yeah. Drunk and just play 1K head-ups. Like, with my buddy watching over the side. I was like, what am I doing? But, but I got over that, thankfully, because I would be completely busted if I kept doing that. <laughs> I can remember doing that back in the day, and that's one thing I don't do anymore. Like usually now, when I come home drunk, I just lay on the couch and watch TV. Much lazier. I mean, that's been the beauty of the transition for me, though, from poker to playing a lot of DFS is just the bankroll management, which like a lot of people in daily fantasy don't have. Uh, right. I, ha- I mean, I did that for you know twelve years when I was playing full time poker, so. I know game selection, stuff like that. I know what to pick. I, it's a business. Same shit. Like, I wish I was as good as I am with Excel now with poker because I was doing it. I mean, if you looked in my closet, I literally have 20 notepads of, like, results from day-to-day basis, like, figuring out my ROI. This is before, like, I figured out how to use all the cool stuff like PT4 has of tracking all your shit. I was tracking it by hand. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the best way to do it because you're treating it like a business and you know your hourly stuff like that. So it makes it easy to pick games, stuff like that. I would say this is coming from... Like, I play DFS, but obviously not professionally. To me, one of the best things about it would be that you can do all your work. Like, you still have to work, right? You get to bust your ass doing research and running numbers and all that stuff entering your lineups but then once the games start you get to just kick back and drink beer <laughs> well that's not true though like that that may be true for you but that's like i wish that was the truth that's not like so for instance in nfl i could be i could play like russell wilson for instance and he's the early game in the morning and he does shitty i have three four hundred head up contests and i have to go through them not individually, I just choose the high buy and stuff. And, like, if someone played a quarterback that went for, like, 30 fantasy points and Russ went for five, I have to edit to get off a lot of the guys that maybe we – that I know he'll have similar because you don't see his lineup. So, no, long story short, like, I wish that was the case. That's not – you have to edit. I mean, some – like, FanDuel for NBA – uh, it locks, so you're done. You literally put in your lineup and you're done. But DraftKings for NBA, you put in your lineup and you have to edit. I mean, I made I so the other. <laughs> now we're going off on a tangent, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the other week I had Miles Sanders, and I knew every this last weekend, and I knew everyone played Miles Sanders in the Monday night game, and uh, I was down points, so I had to pivot in like 60 contests, and I split it up three ways because it was flex position. I went Slate and Shepard. Slayton in one, Shepard in the, like 20, Shepard in the other, and then Tate. And Slate crushed. I think he caught two touchdowns, had like 100 yards receiving. So I ended up salvaging like six, 700 bucks, which was nice. But yeah, yeah. long story short, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I didn't really think about the late swap stuff. I got fucked by Miles Sanders, by the way. Yeah, I have, he cramped up. He killed me in my season-long fantasy leagues, as did Saquon Barkley. But... Season-long fish. I think I'm quitting at all. I just don't enjoy it anymore. I feel like most poker players do season long because the daily fantasy is too much. I don't blame them. Just do the best balls on draft. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather just play like low stakes anything <laughs> like DFS or best balls or whatever, 
or then then do the season long stuff. Yeah, it's too much work. You got to do pickups, stuff like that, and I'm, I'm away. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's like 16 weeks of work to like lose in the first round of the playoffs. Just can't take the pain anymore. I'm too old for it. Speaking of 16 weeks, can't wait for you and Casey to give me my 200 for our Niners bet. It's great. Oh, that's right. I don't, hey, the Dolphins can still. Oh, no, they can't. <laughs> well, sure. Let's. We got some hands to discuss. Let's yeah. get back to poker while we're here. We should probably get into some some, some strat. Um, uh, we have the. You want to do the members hand first, or what? yeah, let's do that first. Uh, which full disclosure, I haven't looked at yet, so I might have you walk us through that one. Nice. So shout out to. The members of TournamentPokerEdge.com. Uh, we have forums for hands, and there was like a good amount for the past month. I was kind of surprised. A lot of people posting hands, and uh, to any of you that aren't taking advantage of that, it's a good spot to get better. I mean, a lot of the pros are in there, and we talk about them on pods sometimes. So yeah, take advantage, and it's there. It's, you're already a member. It's free. So yeah, get in. Okay, so do you have the hand? I have it here. Why don't you let's do your hand first so I can pull it up. I'll pull it up on TPE so it's easier. Let's do one of your hands first. Sure, that works. All right, we're going to start with a hand from the early stages of a tournament on America's Card Room. Uh, so the blinds are starting out at 4080, and we are on the button. Uh, it folds around to us on the button, and we have Ace King of Diamonds. Ooh, pretty. We raised a 220, um, which actually, uh, this won't be a long conversation, but what do you think about raising even bigger in this in these early stages? Because we're just playing so deep. And yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like. Yeah, okay, because I, I feel like we could easily make it, like, 320 here, and if the big mind has, like, ace-eight off, he's still going to call. Yeah, I I don't do that, but, like, I, I think it's totally fine, and, like, there's definitely an argument to be had, like, to beef up pots pre. I mean, as long as it's your standard, I'm good with it, but I also have no problem keeping the pot small to start just sizing it differently post-flop, like getting them in. I'd rather get them in the hand and then have them make mistakes post-flop. Yeah, that's actually a good point. But I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. So. All right, so we do make it 220. Uh, small blind folds, and the big blind calls. So again, we have ace, king, of diamonds. There's 560 chips in the pot, and the flop comes king, queen, deuce with two diamonds. So we pretty much flop the greatest hand of all time. <laughs> so this is this this is like a spot where like I would like I don't want to scare him off action, but like I I don't think like your sizing going half pot versus three fourths is gonna he's I don't think he's gonna call the same shit. Like if he has a queen, I think he's calling. If he has any draw, I think he's which you block a lot of the draws. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ten jack I think would call any queen, any king would call like. 420 versus the 280 sizing here. So this is a spot where, like, yeah, we're nutted. I want to get more chips in the pot now, so mm-hmm. I would bet bigger. Okay. Yeah, so we bet half pot, which is 280, but I kind of agree with you. Like, we could probably just go bigger, because he's either calling or he's not. It feels like one of those situations anyway. 
Maybe like the Ace Ten folds. Ah, the Ace Ten is still calling four twenty. So like, like I'm lying. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Like, do we even scare off like Ace Deuce? <laughs> like, I don't if know. we bet bigger, yeah, like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Well, we do have some information on the villain. We have a lot of ants on him too. His fold to seabed is thirty eight percent. So it doesn't doesn't fold much. Yeah, that's not that's not that high. So maybe maybe that's a, another reason that we can go a little bit bigger here. Um, but he's we on the nittier side. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's not killing bird nitty, but he's nitty. Uh, but we do bet half pot two eighty into five sixty, and the villain calls, uh, and we see the jack of diamonds on the turn. Remind Nutter, me. butter, tutter. Yeah, so we have the ace king of diamonds. The flop is, or the the board is now queen, deuce, king, jack. Three diamonds. So we have the nuts. Um, and once again... Oh, sorry. I was going to say once again the villain checks. But he does not. The villain leads for half pot, 560 into 1120. We're sitting here with the nuts. Let's talk about that. What What do you think his range is here when he's... So what are you leading here on the turn? When is switch if, if I'm villain... Yeah, um, I might lead... All my two pairs that don't... Well, I was going to say that don't have a diamond. I'm, you should be leading all two pair in sets here because this is a bad card. This is a card a lot of people will check back. Yeah. Uh, in position. And unless they have the nuts like you. <laughs> uh, so, like, you should be leading all two pairs in sets and straights. Like, if you have 9, 10, or ace, 10. Mm-hmm. Should be that. So, it's like a pretty nutted range. This isn't a bluff. Very often, it, like a, one of the bluffs it could be is like if he had like the ace of diamonds and he wanted to see it cheaper, like you'll see guys bet like four hundred here with like say he had like ace deuce with ace of diamonds, like mm-hmm. bet four hundred isn't a bad idea um, yeah. to just like keep the pot odds in our favor. Yeah, it, it is interesting because we don't. I don't see a lot of leading, at least in the tournaments I play on the sites I play. Uh, particularly after being bet, like if I had checked back the flop, I would expect sometimes to see a lead here on the turn. But th- yeah, this is kind of weird. Like I, I think I agree with you. Like I, th- I think this is a pretty nutted hand. Yeah, I, I find this to be common with like a nutted hand or like a good hand with like the nutty type draw. But like his sizing makes me not feel that way. Like I feel like people would size it smaller if they were like trying to see a cheap river with like a semi-made hand, like a mm-hmm. pair. Right. Yeah, like you were saying, so, like, yeah. like Ace Deuce with the Ace of Diamonds, although we have the Ace of Diamonds, but... Yeah, but just... In a, so, like, here, knowing that you need to put in more chips here, like, raising here is, like, a must. Even though you block the nuts, like, that makes it more likely he has, like, a two-pair set hand, and we want him, we want him to put money more money in when he's got the worst hand and he's going to call like I think it's very unlikely we raise here he's folding a set or two pair it's like almost zero percent right and like if he's bluffing here it's just like a really bad spot to bluff on a bad board it's just not believable that he's bluffing so yeah I'd punish him here like I'd raise fat because I want to get it all Um, and if he's bluffing like I don't know that we get any more out of him on the river anyway like, yeah, it's just such a hard spot from the bluff. You're right, though, um, if he is randomly bluffing here. The thing is, too, like, 
if he was drawing, like say he had king 10, because the board is queen, deuce, king, jack, three diamonds, turn being the third diamond. He could like lead king 10 with the 10 of diamonds here, which would be the third nut flush draw and an open-ended straight draw mm. to the perceived nuts. Like he could think it's a nuts. So yeah, like he still may call there. And like certainly his two pairs and sets Maybe not sets. Maybe not two pairs. Some two pairs will fold to a raise here. It's doubtful, though, man. But, like, sets he's calling for sure. Like, this is, like, a must raise, and, like, I would punish him. Like, I'm trying to get it all. We have 9,500. It's 9,500 effective. And after after his bet, um, there's 1,700 in there. So what if we made it 2K more? If we made it 2K more, that would put 6K in, and there'd be 7K. Yeah, maybe like 2,200 to make like a pot-sized river shove. Yeah, I like um, that. It's like, it's absurd early in a tournament, but people make mistakes when you can re-enter. So like, I would be super fucking greedy here. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I had thought more about his range, as opposed to just the... I have this inclination to say, well, I have, I have it. Like, I have everything. <laughs> Like, I don't really want to scare him off. I have top pair. I have the nut flush. He can't really have even ace it. Like, I don't know. You just start, like, cocking yourself into to getting too tricky. Or if, yeah. I, if I just said to myself, like, what does he ever lead here with? And we both pretty quickly came to the conclusion that it's sets in two pairs. Or or a, really, like or a really strong draw. Which still may call a big raise. Yeah. In fact, probably will. Yeah, I think a lot of people deal with what you're talking about, where they want to slow play the nuts, and that's... It can be good in some spots against players that are capable of bluffing, and in spots where people are going to be bluffing. This just isn't one of those, so I want to maximize value. Mm -hmm. Would you agree that we can lean towards assigning his hand... or? Sort of giving him more uh, two pairs and sets than those draws we were talking about because of yeah, just it just well yeah of course like the ace blocker like probably takes out I mean and blocking all flushes like you block the king of diamond flush and like the nut flush so yeah, yeah like he's definitely more likely to have the two pair set type hands I'm still like he's gonna have some king tens maybe queen ten uh, and those ten of diamond type hands yeah. But yeah, just based on his half pot sizing, it feels a little stronger, like more like the two pair. Whereas I think like a four hundred, a one third type sizing would be like a pair and a draw. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm with you. I but I I'm punishing all because he's still gonna call those draws a yeah. lot of the times too. So like let's, I want him to make a mistake here, and it's like highly likely he is. Yeah. Uh, this is one a spot like just dude you. If you don't raise here, think about how much value you lose like throughout the year. Crazy. Yeah. Agreed in hindsight, uh, but in the heat of the moment, I just called, which I think we both now agree is a mistake. Um, and so now there's 2240 in the pot, which is not nearly enough. <laughs> we should have made it more. Um, and the, the queen of spades rolls off on the river. So now we have queen, deuce, king, jack, queen so pairing the board uh and of course we still have the three diamonds out there um and villain leads again for half pot 1120 into 2240 so 
now based on everything that we talked about in terms of what we're assigning him in terms of his range, what are we thinking when we see this lead? Well, he can still have, I mean, he blocks ace-queen, probably three bets ace-queen, so he can still have trick queens, um, queen-ten. He can still have two pairs now, like king-ten, random jack-tens. Um, I'm still going to raise. I'm just going to raise, and then I'm going to fold, do a shove. Like, I'm still definitely going to raise because I want to get some value if we do choose the slow play. Um, but, like, you have to be really good here. I mean, your raise sizing should just be pot. Like, what is there? Roughly 3K now. I would just make it 3K. And if he shoves, you have 6K back. You just fold mm-hmm. and move on. Um, this isn't a spot, like, even in a re-entry, I'm not going to make a mistake here. And it sucks if, like, he showed, like, the 5-9 of diamonds for, like, a worse flush. But, like, I don't know. He's a 25-13-4. Um Pip PFR. He's not. He's not going to be bluffing too often here. So I'm yeah. definitely raising for value and folding to any other action. Well, I got the first part right. Yeah, perfect sizing <laughs> too. It's pot. Like it's, this is perfect sizing. Yeah. So we make it 3360. I mean, dude, uh, just think of how many big blinds you have back too. We're like, you have over a hundred back. Like, there's no need to punt here. Like, even though like. It would be not thinking, oh, look, I can, oh, I can have 20K. Right, um, right. He's just not bluffing here. Ever, yeah, if yeah. he jams. If he jams, he's just not bluffing. Just right, because he only, like, even if he has, like, ace-queen, he just calls. With his stats, yes. If we didn't have these stats, it becomes a much more interesting conversation. Because then we could assume he's a fish and be like, fuck it, I'll just re-enter. And that's okay to me. Like, if I don't know anyone online and some guy shoves here like i think he can have worse flushes which yeah. like we didn't even talk about on the turn his lead i would be leading a flush there too I, it's a big mistake on my part not to mention that like if i had a flush on the turn i would be leading 100 percent of the time yeah and that's his, an interesting point too yeah because it's a it's a bad card for the opener that he'll check back like all his one pair type hands and he probably won't fold into a lead so I'm leading all the nuts, ace, ten, all that shit. So, yeah. Uh, but still, I don't think he's going to... This particular player is not going to jam the, a war, like a jack... Or a, what would be the 10 high flush is the only one he could have. He's definitely not going to jam a 10 high flush on a paired board when we're raising the river. Right. This specific opponent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so we do, uh, as, as I said, we do put in the raise. Uh, villain shoves. And this is where I guess we probably make our biggest mistake of the hand <laughs> yeah <for laughs> we don't fold <laughs> like against this opponent yes this can be a call versus others but when you have the hud stats use them <laughs> yeah and uh it's worth mentioning that um in these hand histories they don't show the buy-in so i don't know what this is but based on what i generally play on that night i'm guessing it was like an 11 or a 22 dollar tournament so if this was like a two dollar bird or something or like my home game like, well, even if this was a $2 bird and I saw his stats, I would still fold. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't want to be... De- I don't want... Yeah, I don't want to be persuaded by the buy Like, I think the buy-in is a good... If you had no read on the guy in a $2 tournament, I'm snapping, breaking my hand, beating him into the pot somehow online. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, with the information we have, it, it wouldn't matter the buy-in for me. Yeah, good point. 
Um, so we call, and he has Queen Jack off for the full, I, I, river full house. I like how he played the hand. Uh, the good news is we were left with 20 chips, so uh, that's one-fourth of a big blind, and, you know, chip in a chair, like they always say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think a lot of players will make the same mistake you made here, so I think this was a really good hand to choose. But now I want to go over Folding Aces Prio, uh, uh. Tournament Poker Edge member since September 14, 2014, man. Shout out to him. Okay, eight 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 poker tournament. The blinds are fifteen hundred three thousand. We are in seat six. It folds to us. Oh wait, yeah, folds to us. Where is seat six, Chirp? Help me out here. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm not used to looking at these eight 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 hand histories. It's middle it's position. It's middle or under the gun. Yeah, it's middle position. So we have ace ace. Ace of spades, ace of diamonds, and we min raise the six thousand. It folds. Where is when the shits at this chart? <laughs> <laughs> so seat ten calls, and then the bit. So the button calls six k, and the big blind calls. The button has eighty nine thousand and three thousand big blind. And Peace Angel has us all covered with 182,000. So we're, we're still pretty, really deep, actually. Yeah. So three way to the flop Ace of Spades, Ace of Diamonds. The flop comes King of Diamonds, Three of Clubs, Three of Spades. So, so the big line checks to yeah. you, Chirp. I don't want you to look. I want you to play the hand. You can look here, but don't. I, I will say that I haven't looked past the action. Okay, yeah. So, so I'll, I'll move it off the screen now. Um, yeah, KB and I are, I can see his screen, so he, he's not looking now. So the flop is king of diamonds, three of clubs, three of spades. The big blind checks. It's to us. We have one player behind us on the button. I mean, pretty easy spot here. I think it's kind of a sexy spot to check. I'd be, I, I'd be okay with that, but, I, I yeah, I think that's fine, too. I, I think the big blind has some king or the small blind. It was the small blind that called, not the big blind. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I apologize. So the small blind, big blind calls, small blind. Fuck me. <laughs> the button calls, the small blind calls, big blind actually folds, getting a ridiculous price. So small blind checks. It's to us. You're saying check. I think that's okay. Um, I would bet though because. Small blind can have a lot of those middling pocket pairs, like sevens and eights, and I want to get value from those. A lot of king X on the button, which you're going to argue they'll bet, which is true. Um, I, I don't hate it. I, I'm betting, but like I'm probably betting like, unless I had some read on button where like his bet versus Miss C bet was really high, I'm going to bet. But yeah, I think checking's fine. Why do you like checking more than betting? Um, I just think it's one of those boards where like we have so many more kings than them. Although I do agree with you that the button is going to have a fair number. Um, I I would be way more likely to check ace king here than aces because the small blind is going to have less king x because we block we one. We block it. Yeah, that's a fair point. And there's just like no, there's really no turns we 
that we were afraid of. The board's rainbow, so it's like it's like the safest board of all time. But maybe we could just lead like small, like really small, or bet really small. I shouldn't say lead. Like, what do you what, is your, what do you think in sizing wise? Like twenty five hundred or something. So. Six. Oh no, sorry. I'm looking at just the, there's like there's like thirty five k in there. So I, I'm I don't know, I'm thinking like quarter pot the third. Pot. Yeah, I would bet small, like one third for sure. Quarter is fine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I like both. Um, so we do check here. Maybe Dylan does check. Maybe heads up. I would like checking more now that I think about it. I think with two villains, they're just more like we're likely to get a call, more likely to get a call from somebody. I guess. I, I, I again, I think it's fine. I just don't. I don't. I guess I prefer betting slightly more, but I, yeah, I'm not um, opposed to checking at all. Yeah. So we can go either way. So Peace Angel in the small blind checks. It's to us. London Ace. We check. We take the KB line, and it's to the villain on the button. Who bets eighty four hundred, which is six twelve? Yeah, it's six twelve eighteen. It's a little more than a third, not half though. So to the small blind, who calls, and we just call. I so do. I, I do. I do like just calling here. I think that's yeah, cool. like as played, like I'm. This is like looking awesome. The turn is the eight of diamonds. Small blind checks. We check again. Button checks. I would say that if we had bet flop, I would want to bet again here, I think. But I think because we checked the flop as played, I think we need to check again. What do you think? Yeah, it's just like the button's not going to bluff again, that's for sure. Yeah. And if he's not bluffing, then he has a king, and he's not folding if we bet. So yeah, maybe. and like uh, the small blind probably has a lot of kings. Like The, the thing is, we'll get there later, but we'll get to ranges on the river, because I feel like it becomes more important, even though we could have ranged them before. Yeah, I mean, so the button still can have kings, but, like, if he had king-queen, he probably bets again, but he's probably a little bit worried about the small blind having, like, ace-three suited, because mm -hmm. that's definitely in a small blind flatting range, especially when we're going multi-way. He assumes it's going to go four-way. Ace-three suited would be a fine call. I'm not sure how many other threes he has. Like, maybe three-four suited, but kind of unlikely. Yeah, that might be about so, it. Yeah, I mean, I may, I may, I, I mean, as played checking flop, I'm, I'm gonna bet here and try to get value. I'm not like worried about a three at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, I don't think the button has any threes. I'll say that. Yep, I would agree. I think small blind is the only one we have to worry about having a three. Yeah, but we have aces, so like we block all those threes. Like he doesn't have many <sighs> that's, threes. It's a good that's point. Crucial. Yeah, it's a very that's good crucial, point. Crucial, crucial. I'd say so like I'd say like three four is the main one. Maybe no, not, I don't think deuce three. No, I don't think deuce three either. Um, I think three four is a possibility, but unlikely. Yeah, I'd agree. So we check again and the button check. So like we've now turned in aces to it's not looking good for us making as much <laughs> as we want. 
The river peels off a four of spades, so there's no flushes, there's no nothing. There was a flush draw on the turn, diamond draw, which is another reason to bet. Um, nothing on the river, so king three three eight four. The small blind leads fifteen k to us. What are you doing, chirp? King three three four eight or eight four. No action on the turn. So the weird thing here is that there's just no there's no draws for him to have missed. Correct. So it's like he has a king of some sort. I mean, maybe sometimes two of them, <laughs> I guess. Um, he has a three, or he's bluffing. So I guess and there's the, roughly fifty k in the pot, mind you, too. Yeah, and I think like this looks like a really valuey bet. And my concern too is that like, if he has a bluff, like he if he just has some random. I mean, we we've decided there's no missed draws, but let's just say he has some random bluff. He's just gonna fold when we raise. So really, the only thing we really get value from. Does he have a bluff though? I don't think so. But like, like, so like let's, three let's, way, it's like impossible to have a bluff here. Yeah, like let's say five percent of the time he has a bluff, and I'm not even sure he has it that often. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. Exactly, especially with this sizing. Like, what bluff could he have to float the flop, and now bluff into two people? It's like it's almost zero percent. Yeah, so he's virtually never bluffing. So I guess the thing we have to decide is like. How often does he have King X that we get value from, and how often does he just have like the nuts, like Ace? I mean, he's betting something? he's betting roughly a third pot here. So let me ask you here: if you have a three here, you're gonna bet a third pot when the button bet the hmm. the flop we called, and the other initial opener called like. I guess our range is probably like jacks and tens and stuff, so like maybe a third bet is like pretty good sizing for three. I, I for trips. Yeah, I mean I think his sizing is fine with trips now that I think about it, because like his value target range like we can have tens and stuff, so like he's valuing targeting our hand to be those middling pairs that still make call that probably don't call like three fourths or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so it still could be value. I don't think I just don't think it's ever going to be a bluff, which kind of makes me think we should just never raise. Yeah, so it's never a bluff. We can agree there. It's never a bluff. But but, like, it, but it is king x a lot. Way more than 3x. Yeah, like, that's, that's true. You have to think about it. Especially like, since we've eliminated ace 3. We block ace 3 and yeah. I don't think he has 3 4, so like raising not raising this river as played seems seems bad. Yeah. Um, now, so on the rare, we we started the hand with one hundred and forty-five thousand um, six and eight fourteen. So we have one hundred and thirty. Peace Angel has one hundred and eighty-two to start the hand. So I'm like I'm getting value here. I'm just gonna fold. I'm gonna make it. it, it the thing is too that we need to talk about before I say this. If we raise here, are we getting called by King X? And the answer to that is. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's very unlikely we're going to be bluffing, but like it kind of depends on the small blind strength of King X. I would weigh the King Queen King Jack like to be like a heavy part of his King X range. So 
I think King Queen calls sometimes, so I would size it. He leads 15K. I would size it like 35, 40, which like looks super nutty. But I'm not going to like – and I'm going to fold if he raises again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just done. But I don't want to miss out on value when I think we can still get it, especially when I don't think he has a – like the only reason to me calling here could make sense is if he thought the button would overcall. Right. But that seems kind of unlikely to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you on the I mean, raise. if you eliminate the three X, a lot of the threes, like and like even if he has a three, like we're missing out on so much value if we don't raise here. Like especially like given I don't know this opponent, I don't know the buy in. Um and he's so deep, like he might just be like, Oh, I have like fifteen K to throw away. Like I mean I I doubt he thinks we're ever gonna bluff here, but maybe we're bluffing or maybe we're value betting a worse hand. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, there's not I guess there's not a ton of them for us to have. Ace King I'm trying to think of like his perception of what we have if he has <laughs> Ace you know, King Queen or King Jack. Like, uh Queen uh King Jack, yeah, King, King Queen, King Jack. Yeah. You can have King Ten too. Um, so we just call button folds, and I'm not going to tell them what they have yet. So let's just talk. I want to go through some of the questions um, folding aces preo had. So the first thing he says is, "Hey all, I have no idea what I was doing post flop, but I don't like it. I was like so scared." That villain could have three X. Anyhow, let's break it down. So we've already talked about that. A lot of the three X's small blind in a small blinds calling range here are going to be ace three. You block that, so eliminate it. Three four is a possibility, but it's just not that likely. Yeah. On and the I, flop, this is villain. Oh, go ahead, Derek. I was just gonna say, I think this is a, it, to that specific question. This is a good example, similar to what we were talking about earlier, where in the moment it's really easy to be like, I mean, he could have a three. He could have a three. He's betting into three people or two people. He could have a three. But then when you like sit down later and you break it down and think about, okay, w- what can he really have here? Especially when you can you can you can eliminate a bunch of the ace threes because we have two aces. It's like, but but I. I I think it's important to realize that like hindsight's so much easier than in the moment, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and, and Villain goes on to talk about it, saying betting versus checking are, are both good options, which we agreed upon. Um, and there's no scare cards, which you mentioned. So I think yeah, flop, betting, checking, fine. He goes on to say, as for turn, I think again checking is fine. Again, Villain could. Obviously, bet King X and maybe even try to stab at it as a bluff. I guess he could have 3X. The button, no. Um, Ace 3 should be 3-betting the button if he's going to play it. Um, And then, yeah, I think villain would... uh, I think the small blind villain would probably lead a lot of his 3Xs on the turn. Agree or disagree? I think I agree. Once you get two callers, or or once he calls and then yeah. the other guy over calls, yeah. Because it, it, now it's just like such a high chance that somebody has a king. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I I think the only real mistake here is the turn is interesting. I'm fine checking the turn as well. I, I'd slightly lean betting because I want to get more chips in the pot especially when the small blind is as deep as he is, and I don't think he has a three because of the ace three. The key here is the three blocker. Like, 
Okay, so let's change the hand to us having kings and the flop is queen 3-3. Three, three. All of a sudden, everything changes now mm -hmm. because ace-3 is in his range. We're like, now we've eliminated two aces when we have aces. Like, it's so different where I would play the hand so much more passive um, with not having that blocker. Yeah, it's a great Where point. it literally changes what we do on the river. So, yeah, I think raising the river is best uh, for reasons already explained. Good I think, hand, it's, so I really, think it's the only significant mistake, though. Like, I, 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 like I think I everything really else think is pretty close. Like, the turn check's pretty close. Yeah, I agree. Because I think the turn check, like, uh, like king-queen on the button, which is, like, a huge chunk of the button's flatting range is going to be king-x. Like, think mm. about all the hands you're flatting on the button are, like, sevens to tens, and then, like, the king-queens, stuff like that. Like, obviously, he's – like, if he has – if the button has queen-jack, he's just done with the hand now. Like, he took a stab on the flop, missed – He's done. He's not going to bluff again. Mm. So, like, checking is fine, just praying he has a king X. And it gives us more information on the small line. I slightly lean betting, but, again, yeah, the only the only mistake I see is the river. I think we should be raising the river. But other than that, I thought this uh, pocket aces yield played pretty well. Yeah. Did he mention uh, his reason for just calling the river? I guess just the fact that he was scared of the... I mean, basically. I think it's just that he was worried about a three because yeah. he mentions that in the first post. And the truth is, is I think if you really think about his range, like, we've already talked about it. But yeah, he doesn't have many threes. Plus, like, it's so much better to raise the river with aces because you can always just complain to your friends that you had aces and that you lost. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times I've, like, busted a tournament by making a play with aces I shouldn't have because it's just an easier one to cry about <laughs> a lot <laughs> it's like well if I had aces what the fuck am I supposed to do I run so bad I mean you just gotta make sure you're good enough like you weren't earlier to raise fold yeah exactly <laughs> but, and, and I know like you're saying that seriously too like I I don't I rarely raise fold like on the river like I'm a nit so like if I raise I have something really good and I can't bring myself to fold most of the time <laughs> Yeah, and it's I mean, frustrating, but but man, when this sometimes the story just adds up. Like the, the truth is, though, there's a lot of hands I've gone over yours. Like I feel like I'm a master of your game. I don't think you could ever fuck with me if we played because I know you inside and out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I really oh do. It's like the number one person I've studied. Be so Other fun to Mark play like Dube, heads up. I used to like eat, breathe, and sleep Mark Do back <laughs> in the day. This guy played against him so much. Uh, yeah, that's like. I, I but I, back to your old hand histories. I've seen you call here and be good, and that's why you do it because you are good a lot of the times here. I bet if we went through your database and all the raises on the river, like I would bet you were usually beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, unless like all the times you didn't have the stone nuts, I bet I bet you would be beat more often than not. Yeah. So yeah, right. get, get better, sure. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I do want to mention one thing that I mentioned on uh, to Mark before this series started because we were looking at uh, Ace Ace hands in my database because of this Ace Ace hand, and I was joking with Mark because people always complain about how they always lose with aces, how they lost with aces five, seven times in a row, and the site's rigged, blah blah blah. Every Ace hand in my database, I won. <laughs> <laughs> so insane. It's like I have aces like eighteen times, and I won every hand. It's like. I don't know if I'm just running really good. And that's in, that's in, like, the last week, by the way, not, like, 
for the history of having aces. I mean, I how many times do you fucking get aces in a week? Jesus Christ, sure. I'm just I, I talked to Phil Nagy at ACR. He takes care of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well that was cool, man. I think we should probably wrap it up there. All right, Chirpy. Um, but I enjoyed hanging out with you again, talking a little poker, and I do want to take this opportunity because it'll probably be the last time I'm on here before Christmas to just wish everybody happy holidays and happy New Year. Uh, if you guys are putting together some uh, New Year resolutions with regards to poker or you know health stuff like that, uh, post in the forum or tweet at me and Mark or whatever. Just let us know what you're working on so we can if, sweat if, with if, you. If, if, sorry to cut, no. interrupt. If anyone posts in the forums about New Year's resolution, I will respond. Um, if I if you don't tweet at me to uh, at Mark Alioto, search me Mark Alioto to be AZN all in 007. And yeah, any questions about new year's resolution stuff like that i'm all years and i'll answer them all so yeah in fact what i'll do is uh, after we're done recording i'll go in and create a thread for like 2020 goals so that people yeah, can actually it. go in perfect. there and like and that, well, that way all year we can kind of keep track like we can bust people's balls like hey why aren't you at the gym right now kb mark you're, you're still bastard. fat as fuck <laughs> <laughs> mark stop betting on sports derek stop eating fucking pizza and drinking beer every night Bob, that would be the death of me if I had to do that. To bet on, to not bet on sports. I, I mean, whatever. Not to toot my own horn. I actually make money betting sports. It's because um, you follow my Central Michigan tips. I mean, yeah, of course. Except last week. <laughs> <laughs> In the MAC championship. Chippies, chippies. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just I I'm traveling to the Bahamas to see uh, the Charlotte 49ers play in their bowl game, and sometimes when I do stuff like this, Mark bets on that team because. He feels like it's like just destiny. Don't bet on the Charlotte 49ers this week. <laughs> well, I'll take them with the spread. I'm taking them now. So. <laughs> everyone bet everyone bet them and just bash Derek when they don't cover. All right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I might actually bet on them, but I just don't, I don't want to be responsible because, I don't know, it's the Charlotte 49ers. How did they make a bowl game? They used to be trash. I know. First time in team history that they're in the bowl game. <laughs> no way I can miss it. Um... So yeah, that's it. Uh, next week, your your boy Clayton will be back uh, with all of you, so you won't have to listen to me and Mark Babylon. But we definitely enjoyed being here, and uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. Cheers, everyone. Peace.